Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Tell me this, why isn't the law of attraction working? Now, I know I've just profaned a lot of uh, thought that we have out there. I know that a lot of us would say, oh, my gosh, you can't even say those words because that's negative thinking. And, oh, my gosh, we can't have negative thinking because that might bring negative results. Um, but I'm asking the question because it needs to be asked. And I know that it needs to be asked. And perhaps you even know that it needs to be asked. But we don't ask it because we're afraid to ask it. It's kind of a catch-22. We can't question the very thing that we need most to question. And it's kind of a little bit like uh, uh, our old traditional thinking, fundamentalistic thinking with regard to Christianity and maybe other religions as well, where we can't question God because, oh, my gosh, that might mean God would get mad and and uh, then we'd get some terrible things that would happen to us. So we don't. We're waiting for the lightning to strike and uh, we just won't go there. So, but today we're going to go there. And the reason we're going to go there is because I work with a lot of people who are struggling, and I mean struggling, to uh, put the law of attraction into action in their lives. And it's just not working. And they're not asking questions about the law of attraction. They're asking, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get this to work for me? What am I doing wrong? And that's the most innocent question. What am I doing wrong is the most innocent question. When it gets to what's wrong with me, there's a problem because, and that, and that is the very essence of what we say about the law of attraction. It's not that we're doing it wrong. There's something hidden inside of us that's a saboteur and it's really keeping us from activating the principles of the law of attraction or at least not in a way that we can manage. So we're going to talk about this today. I don't, I want to be clear though, I'm not debunking the law of attraction. I am not debunking the law of attraction. But I do think we need to think about it differently because it's possible that the reason we don't, why the reason the law of attraction is not working is because it's, we are looking at it from the perspective of the duality translate like we do many, many, many other things in our lives, including our religions and, and our work and our hospitals and our government and everything else because we all here right now on this planet live in a duality trance state unless we have awakened beyond that state where we begin to understand who we really are. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, who we really are. So, okay, so let's just talk about this thing. First, we have to, before we can go any further, we have to field these subjects of positive and negative thinking because that's one of the biggest problems that we have with even discussing the law of attraction and coming to terms with why it might not be working. Um the, the terms positive and negative come, erupt out of the volcano known as the duality trance state. I call it a trance state because it absolutely is a trance state. We seem to be hypnotized by it. And everything in our lives has sort of been funneled into that dualistic thinking. So what is duality thinking? Now, I did a show back a couple of years ago called Duality. You can look it up on the archives and, and learn more specifically about it. But in general, duality has to do with the belief that we're separate from the divine, that we are not one with the divine, that we're down here struggling in this, you know, pretty awful, hard world, and God is up there in this rarefied, excellent world that we don't get to visit until we die. And, and, uh, we don't get to know who we are as soul until we die. 
and we don't can't really connect with the divine until we're dead. <laughs> so, you know, and so the point is we just suffer down here for a while and then we get to go up there maybe if we've been good or we've done the right rituals or whatever the particular persuasion haps, happens to tell us that we need to do to get there. Um, that idea, that dualistic idea says something to us that is not, has not been found in any of our sacred texts. It has been translated according to that idea. But what we have to know is that the root language of any word tells us the real connotation of that word. We can find that in English language, that we can have two words that say the same thing, but when you connote the words down to their etiology, you find out something different about what they actually mean. Same thing is true with the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic languages. We find in their root language something about what they really mean. And uh, when we go to studying the Bible, when we look at the ancient Hebrew texts, and we look at the ancient Hebrew language, which was uh, what we now call Aramaic, and we look at the Greek language in which a large portion of the Bible was written and then, of course, rewritten, uh, we find that the language means something very, very different uh, than what we've said it means. In fact, Jesus very clearly said in one of the texts, do not your law, doesn't your law tell you that you are God's? He's talking to the Pharisees who've questioned him, of course, but he's, set, he's challenging them to think about this. They've just accused him of blasphemy, and he's saying, wait a minute, don't your text tell you that you are God's? And what did he mean by that? He's quoting actually from the book of Psalms, and he is telling the saying the same words that are in the book of Psalms, in a different language, of course, Hebrew language. And he is saying that passage also says, ye are God's, you are God's. And so we have to look at that and go, okay, how does that fit into everything else we know? Well, when Jesus said things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he wasn't saying, come worship me, Jesus the Christ. He wasn't saying, I need to be worshipped. You need. There's no way to get to heaven except through me, the person of Jesus or the spirit of Jesus. He's saying, I am that I am is the way, the truth, and the life. And when we study the I am that I am, really study it, from the text in the Bible, what we learn is that the Bible is telling us that we are what the Bhagavad Gita calls divine self. We are divine beings. We just have forgotten that. And the reason we forgot that was because we were supposed to forget that. We were supposed to forget that because when we came here in form, we were very different from the formlessness we were create that created us. And we were also the formlessness that created us, in my view, but... We were form, and now it's like the creative endeavor has to ask all kinds of questions. So when I'm painting a painting, I go, well, is that going to be yellow or green or purple or gray, or what am I going to do there? Those are the kinds of creative questions we ask when we're creating something. So form had to ask the question, well, can form be separate from the creator, from its creator? Can form be separate from formlessness? Is form's very nature separate from formlessness? So here we are in form, and we're still asking that question and trying to find the answer. But that is the exact journey we were supposed to go through in order to finally get to the answer, which is, of course not. Form and formlessness are not separate. They are one and the same thing. And quantum physics is now beginning to be able to at least theorize about that, if not prove that, that that form, that form as we see it, it has this whole other layer that is formless. And yet they're the same thing. It's, there's no difference. There is, so my skin and bones are made up of molecules and, 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 uh, protons and neurons and electrons. And then there's also the, the, um, 
the thing, the things that go underneath that and the quarks follow one of the basic lowest ingredients of that is the quarks. And that's about the limit of what I know about quantum physics. But the point I'm making here is that these things, if you, if you were to sort of separate those uh, quark from another quark, you'd be able to fall between them because they're, you know, they're, they're not all compact like we think of matter being. It's not as dense as we think it is. So, so we're understanding that on the quantum level and we're be, some of us are beginning to change our thinking to more quantum thinking so that we're beginning to go everything is a part of the one thing which is divine beingness. And as we do that, we begin to question things like what we got taught about the law of attraction because the law of attraction says that if we think positive, we can attract positive things, people, places and events into our lives. Okay, so what is a positive? What does that mean? What is a negative? What does that mean? Well, first of all, we need to know that those are uh, the ideas we have about those things are very culturally biased. And so it can be one thing for one culture and another thing for another culture. So what is positive and negative? Well, who knows? That's A. B is that we, we think that things are negative because we live in the duality trance state. We think that things are positive because we live in the duality trance state, which tells us we are bad and the divine is good, and that's why the divine is way up there in that rarefied place that we can't get to till after we die. And we're down here in this place where we suffer because we're bad. And that's why, that's why the whole thing is happening. And so we have categorized all of life into those one, those two categories, bad or good, even down to what we eat, what we wear, how we walk. Everything is either bad or good in our minds. So we're constantly in that place of judging, 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 judging what's going on. And so we have formulated now, uh, these ideas of good and bad. And now we don't use the terms good and bad in the New Age movement because that would be too, way too negative. So we don't do that. What we do is we call it negative and positive. So now it's not bad, it's negative. Now it's not good, it's positive. But they mean the same thing. They're just euphemisms for the same thing. And you can hear that when you hear people talking about the negative energies in the room. Oh, my gosh, what is that? Well, they're talking about bad stuff, <laughs> okay? They just don't use that word. So we've categorized all of life into those two categories. Why? Not because we're one with the divine or not because our consciousness is one with the divine, but because we live in a duality trance state where everything fits one of those two categories. And so now we've decided that if we think positive things, we'll get positive results. And if we think negative things, we'll get negative results. And that's really not a whole lot different than the old ancient religions where if you did the right things, did the right ritual, sacrificed the right goat, whatever, you would get good things happening to you. It's based on the same exact paradigm. We haven't evolved much here. We're just using different terminology. So why isn't that working? It's not working because it never worked. It's magical thinking. So now, again, I want to be clear. I'm not debunking the law of attraction, and I'm not saying that you can't have what you want in life. I am saying that these concepts of positive and negative are false. They're a fallacy, and they're based on the duality trance state that has us believing that everything in life can be divided up that way. So, okay, if there's no such thing as positive and negative, where does that leave the law of attraction? Then what do you think to get positive results? Well, maybe we have to change our thinking a little bit. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this next segment as we process through why the law of attraction isn't working and we learn a little bit more about what we might need to do to get it to work. Stay tuned for more. The 
Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms, Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And we were talking just before the break about... Uh, why it is that the law of attraction is not working. And what we came to in that first segment was that there is really no such thing as positive or negative. Those are, are structures that we've put into our thinking and perception of all of everything in life based upon what I call the duality trans state. And the duality trans state has us believing that we everything in life should be divided up into these two categories, good or bad, which you've, we've now euphemized in the New Age New Thought movement as negative or positive. And yet, they have some of the same energies. If you listen to someone talking about shadow material, for example, you very often hear them even use the word devil. We don't, uh, we, uh, I even heard, uh, saw someone the other day on Facebook who said, have you faced the devil within in your shadow? And, uh, you know, that's, it's that old thinking. Now, of course, they weren't being, they weren't being literal there. They weren't saying there's a real devil, but it carries that same connotation. That there's some kind of thing inside me that's really, really bad and dark and evil and I've got to go in there and get that thing out. So, okay, here's how the law of attraction has evolved. It first came out about 20 years ago and became popularized mostly because of Rhonda Byrne and Esther and Jerry Hicks' work. And uh, a lot of other people have written about it, not just those, but many other people have written about it. And many people have jumped on the bandwagon and sort of written other books in, in, with regard to the law of attraction. And, and it's just become a very popular thing in the New Age, New Thought movement. And as a result... 
Uh, there are many, many people out there, millions of people all over the world who are right this moment practicing affirmations or working their vision boards or uh, even going so far as to erase negative thoughts from their minds as to say, oh, I've had this negative thought, erase, erase. Some people actually will use that language to, to sort of, oh, that's not really true. The universe didn't hear me, so nothing bad's going to happen to me. And that's how sort of obsessed we've become with that whole paradigm that we must not ever think any negative thoughts. Uh, so I'll come back to that in a minute. But it evolved. It evolved. It started off being uh, if we think positive, then we'll attract positive. Then after a while, that didn't work. So we began to say, well, you know, we need to include emotions in there. So we need to also have positive emotions. And the way to do that is to get your vision board out and really visualize that positive thing you want to draw to your life and feel positive feelings about it and start being grateful for it. And just that'll make those positive emotions be generated inside of you. And and then you'll attract that positive thing in your life. So then we have people working to do affirmations all day long to keep their thoughts clear from negative thoughts. And then we had people practicing visualization all day long to keep make sure that they didn't uh, slip up and have some negative emotions fall into place. And I even read the other day that if 2% of your day is spent in medita- meditation uh, 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 focusing on the positive outcome that you want and 98% of your day is spent kind of in negative thinking about that, then you're not going to attract it. So you see how that works. We have to really practice it all day long. We've got a lot of people in the world doing that. And so, and, and yet some of these same people are really struggling with it and even becoming depressed about it, but not wanting to talk about that because, oh my gosh, if we admit we're depressed, we're dragging in negative energy and that'll bring even worse results. So we can't talk about it. We can't say this. We can't question the law of attraction. So it just keeps us trapped and we've got to start asking questions if we're going to evolve to the next step. And the next step is what we're talking about today uh, because the thing that got left out of the law of attraction was the soul. The soul got left out because we thought about our thoughts and we said, okay, we think, need to think positive. And it, it was actually Jerry and Esther Hicks talked about his work, Jerry's work on uh, that book called Think and Grow Rich. And so some of that basic ideology came from that ideology that if you can think positive, you'll get lots of money coming your way. Okay. So, uh, so that was, that was the first step. Then emotions. Then, then when that didn't work, what we decided was, okay, well, the thoughts didn't work. The emotions didn't work. The shadow must be the problem. There must be some saboteur in the shadow that's keeping us from having our positive outcomes. So there's some kind of block in there that's keeping us from having that. So we asked for the healers to come and heal us, and they were supposed to cut the cords to that negative energy that was blocking us from having our positive results. The only problem with that is the only way to heal something that's unconscious is to make it conscious. And when we make it conscious, then we can look at it and understand it and and begin to dialogue with it and learn to love it. Excuse me, but we weren't able to do that because if we make it conscious, then it's a negative thought and we can't have a negative thought. So we have to repress it again. So what's been happening is we repress any negative emotion, that, uh, any negative thought that comes up. Then we start repressing any negative emotions that come up. Then we start trying to clean out the shadow where we've pushed all that other stuff we repressed, which the shadow is another name for our unconscious. So now we got to go in there and get all that stuff out that we pushed down in there, but we can't get it back out because if we get it back out, then we'll be thinking negative thoughts or having negative emotions. So we've got to push it back in there. So we got to just go to a healer, and he's going to heal us blind or she's going to heal us blind. We won't need to even look at these things. It doesn't work 
Because in order for the unconscious to be healed, it has to become conscious. That's the whole nature of healing the unconscious is it becomes conscious. So we're just stuck here. And we've just been sort of stuck here and stuck here and stuck here for five or six years now. And we need to take the next step. So the next step is going to be to invite the soul into the process. And that's what, what, I, what I spoke about in the book, The Law of Attraction, the soul's answer to why it isn't working and how it can. What is it that we need to do to invite the soul into the process? Well, first we need to stop thinking about negative and positive. We need to stop lining life up into negatives and positives. So what does that mean? Well, the first question I get from many people when I talk about this is, does that mean I can't have my dreams? Does that mean that I, you're telling me that I can't have a good life, the life I want? Well, absolutely not. That's not at all what I mean. <laughs> not, not even close. But you see how attached we've become to, oh my gosh, this is the only way to have what I want. Okay? And, and that kind of thinking keeps us, again, keeps us stuck. So the way, the first step is to begin to realize, and it's, it's realization, and it can come through meditation. It can also come from rethinking. Asking ourselves some really important questions about what is negative and what is positive. What is the purpose of having negative and positive? Well, the purpose of having a negative and positive is so we can have negative and positive. That's the only purpose in it. There, there's no other, nothing else underneath there. There's nothing there that says there really is a negative and positive. And if you have negatives and positives, then you can have good things or bad things. That's really a fallacy. The truth is, if we are one with the divine then there is only divine energy. That's it. That's all there is. That's all there ever was. That's all there ever will be. Form and formlessness are one. Divine and human are one. Trees, animals, sky, earth, fish, whatever. It's all one. We're all one. That's it. That's all there is, divine energy. So when I have what's called a negative emotion, I'm not really having a negative emotion. I'm having an energetic pull. And that pull is trying to get my attention for some reason. And if I can look at that and listen to it and let it talk to me, treat it like it's a little child, perhaps, even a scared little child who doesn't really know much about life and is kind of scared. And and just listen to it. Underneath that, I'm going to find divine energy. I'm going to find something that is going to help me take the next step in my life. I'm not saying that the emotion itself is my guide, but I'm saying that what I find under the emotion can be my guide. Yes, I am. So, for example, if I'm mad at Jack, who works with me in the office, and I'm mad at Jack because he spends a good deal of his time over there talking to my boss, schmoozing with the boss, being all charismatic and winning the boss over and all that stuff, but Jack's not really doing his job, so guess who has to do Jack's job? Moi. And I really don't like that. I don't like it at all. I'm really angry at Jack. But, you know, when I talk to Jack about it, he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get it taken care of. And then he goes back and talks to the boss. And since he's schmoozing with the boss and the boss likes him so much, he's not ever going to get in trouble for it. So I feel pretty hopeless and helpless about this. And that just makes me more frustrated, which adds to the pile of anger that I'm building up inside of me. Now, if you talk about that in the New Age, New Thought world, what they're going to say, what we're going to hear most of the time is, you need to let that go. That's some negative energy you're carrying around there. You need to let that go because if you don't, you're going to get negative results. Who knows? You might even get fired. Okay? 
But if we look at that from a perspective of it's not negative, it's not positive, it is an energy that has some information for me, and I'm going to go find that information, then we can go, okay, what's really going on here? Well, let's just play with this a second. I'm going to make some stuff up, but here it is. What's really going on here is perhaps that Jack reminds me of my brother. My brother was always able to get my father to, you know, do whatever my he wanted him to do. And my father basically kind of ignored me, and that really made me angry. So here's Jack reminding me of my brother. So that's A. B, Jack is not doing his job. That means I think I have to do Jack's job, which makes me even more aware that I really hate this job. I never liked this job. I'm only doing this job because it pays well. And so, you know, I'm just more and more drug into the pit of misery that says I really hate the tasks I'm doing. I'd really like to open my own business and run my own show and be what? Uh, I'm going to make this up, a kite maker, okay? <laughs> I'd like to be a kite maker. I'd like to sell kites. I'd love to do that. I'm, I'd love to, my fantasies are I'd love to go to the beach and make kites all day and have people uh, play with my kites and sell them and make good money doing that and just have a good life. That's what I love. That's my creative endeavor. But can't do that because, you know, got to have the money. So what I do is I is I sit here and I hold on to this job and I hate Jack and I hate my life and life just sucks. Now, if I run into somebody who's got the law of attraction as their primary agenda, they're going to tell me not only do I need to let go of those negative feelings, but I need to start attracting those things that I want by letting go of those negative feelings. So I'm going to attract myself a shop. By sitting here, you know, trying to repress my negative feelings about Jack. That's how I'm going to do that. We have uh, to figure out a way to bridge that gap. It's not, there's a big gap there, real big gap there. So, all right. What could happen here is that I could get information from those emotions. I could get information, A, about my psychological hang-up, about my father picking my brother out as the favorite. I can certainly do some healing work on that and and really find myself in a new place where it's just I, I become uh, aware that I'm just me and I love me and it doesn't matter what happened in my past or what my father did because I have to learn to love me. How do I do that? I learn to listen to me and respect me and trust all the variant voices inside of me and not call any of them bad. Okay. Then, on the other hand, I can also start going, you know what, I really do hate this job. I guess I'm going to have to start launching my life and take some personal responsibility for launching my life. Then I might actually get the life I want. Okay. Now I've taken what's considered to be negative energy and I have turned it into an extremely positive uh, plus for my life. In other words, my emotions, what's considered to be negative emotions and negative thinking can actually be quite positive, that can actually be leaders in my life, that can help me find my way in my life. So when we tell ourselves to repress these so-called negative emotions, we're not getting from them the gift they came to offer. Everything is divine energy. We may distort that energy out of uh, out of our dualistic thinking and call it bad, but it's not bad. It's got information from the divine in it. We just have to go fishing for it, Okay. Get out your fishing rod, get out your hook, throw it out there and see what you find. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, that's a negative thought, erase, erase, I can't have that. No, I can't have those thoughts going on in my head. You're missing your primary, one of some of your primary guiding forces by doing that. And, and then we're wondering why the law of attraction doesn't work. So you see, when we go a little deeper, we get to the soul. We're not just talking about thoughts and emotions and the shadow. 
we're talking about the soul. We're talking about divine essence, which is the material we are made of. Body, mind, and soul. Body, mind, heart, and soul is all soul. We're going to talk some more about how shadow can become soul right after the break. Stay tuned for more. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and wellness network are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market if so then you need to tune in to profitable investing with jordan kimmel every thursday at 8 a.m pacific time jordan kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on wall street as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit pumping pro grab the bull market by the horns and listen to profitable investing with jordan kimmel Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about why the law of attraction is not working. And we said at the beginning of the show that this was kind of a taboo topic because in our world, we've been taught in the world of New Age, New Thought, we've been taught that we're not supposed to question the law of attraction because to question it means that we are perhaps thinking negative thoughts. And when we think negative thoughts, we're going to attract negative things. And, oh, my gosh, we can't do that, so let's don't question it. But we are questioning it today. And what we're doing is not debunking it. What we're doing is is taking the next step. What we said just before the break was that we have thought about the thoughts, we have thought about the emotions, and we have considered the shadow all to be a part of the potentiality of the law of attraction. However, we left out the soul. And when we leave out the soul, we've left out everything there is because we are soul. We are divine energy. All of us are divine beings. We are one with the divine. There is nothing but divine energy. And so... In that process of leaving that out, what we've done is create a system that doesn't work, and we need to take the next step. So that's what this show is all about, is taking that next step. And that's what the book, The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can, is all about. The book came out last fall. Uh, it, was, it has been endorsed by Caroline Mice, Dr. Larry Dossie, 
Michael Murdad, Ivan Rados, and Dr. Jonathan Ellerby. So uh, this is a, a, an excellent read on how you can really begin to understand the, how the law of attraction really does work. You can get it at Amazon.com or any of your brick-and-mortar bookstores, any of your online bookstores can order it for you as well. Um, it costs sixteen ninety-five retail. It's about 11 something on Amazon.com. So I would encourage you to get it and read it. If you're struggling with the law of attraction, this can give you some real insights into how this doesn't work and how it can work. So what we said before the break was that we were going to come back and talk about how the shadow, uh, how we can find the soul in the shadow. There's a lot of people out there talking today, New Age, New Thought people, talking about the shadow. The shadow was a term that that Carl Jung invented, uh, coined, when he was studying the unconscious. And uh, there was a time when several people were asking him, what is the shadow, what is the shadow, what is the shadow? And he uh, finally got exasperated and said, the shadow is the entirety of the unconscious and got up and left the room. Because... They were trying to make it a pocket of the unconscious. It's a small little dark part of the unconscious. There's all these good things in the unconscious too. But this dark part, well, that's the shadow. No, everything in the unconscious is the shadow, okay? So there's no darker part of the unconscious. But here's the thing. What What is in the unconscious is everything in our lifetime that we've repressed that we find to be unacceptable. Now, Unacceptable could mean something really valuable about ourselves that perhaps mom and dad didn't really like. So if I'm a violinist at heart and I've been taught that that's squawky and squeaky and we're not going to have that in our house and no, you can't get a violin and no, you can't take lessons and that's sissy anyway and don't do that, I may have repressed that violinist and put it away in my unconscious and it's still in there. And I may have me living in some form of misery because that violinist is still hidden in my shadow. And so, okay, so the law of attraction tells me I'm supposed to uh, uh, go into the shadow and I'm supposed to, you know, put on my army boots and kick over the gravestones that are in there and shadow box with all the, those ghosts that are in there uh, hidden away in my unconscious. Well, first of all, we can't do that, okay? We don't get to walk consciously into the unconscious. It doesn't present that way, all right? The unconscious is unconscious because that's how we thought we would be safe. We thought we would create safety for ourselves, so we put away some things in the unconscious. And we have also put away some things as a collective, into a collective unconscious that we won't go to. None of us will go there because, oh, my gosh, that's just way too... Um, you know, too deep, too heavy, too profound. One of the things that we have put away collectively into the unconscious is the idea that we are divine beings. That has, that idea has become blasphemy and it is not acceptable for me to be sitting here saying to you today that we are all divine beings. There, if somebody were to tune in to this radio show who is not a part of the New Age New Thought movement, they're probably laughing at me right now. They might think I have a Messiah contact, complex, okay? Because that's how how much we have put that thing away. Jesus was accused of blaspheming because who can say they're God? But as he said, don't your scriptures tell you that you are God's? And Charles Fillmore, uh, who wrote the uh, Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, talks about how when we see the word Lord in the Old Testament, that word should be interpreted as I am. So when we come to verses like the uh, 23rd Psalm that a lot of people are familiar with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures and on and on. That should read, 
I am my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay? That I am is what what uh, Yahweh, what we call Yahweh or Jehovah, told Moses. To, to, uh, he, he, he called Moses from the burning bush, and then, you know, Moses and he had this dialogue, and or he or she or it had this dialogue, and... Moses was told to go to the Israelites and lead them out of Egypt. Okay, great. Well, Moses says, well, I can't really talk, and I'm not, you know, I don't know how to do that very well. And he's sort of carrying on this argument with the, the divine. And, and, and so finally he says, well, who am I going to tell them sent me? And he says, and, and, and the spirit of, of uh, the divine energy who's speaking to Moses says, I am, tell them that I am sent me. Tell them that I am that I am sent you. And that word actually means I am, I will be, I always was, something like that. It means I am forever. I am the foreverness. I am always. I exist. I am beingness. That's what it basically means. So can you imagine Moses going back to the Israelites and saying, I, I am sent me to you. Okay, they're thinking, oh, he's telling us he sent himself. Well, guess what? That is exactly what he was saying. Because the I am that I am is I am. It is me. It is who I am. It is who we all are. All of us are divine beings. But the duality trance state has convinced us otherwise. So when we go tromping around thinking we're tromping around in the unconscious, which we're really not doing anyway. It's a magical game we're playing. We can't tromp around in the unconscious consciously. Hello, it's unconscious. Uh, But we can. We can come to be aware of the unconscious by gently, gently opening to its uh, uh, to its dialogue with us we can say to it before we go to bed at night i know you're in there unconscious and i know you've got reams of information to give me and i'm willing to hear from you now and we keep a notebook beside our bed and we write down our dreams and we come to become aware of what these particular symbols mean to us each individual symbols may be different there are some collective symbols that are pretty similar but each individual's uh, messages are going to be different. And it's going to take walking the inner terrain, walking uh, through that by saying, okay, what do you mean? What do you mean, dream? What are you trying to tell me? What do I feel about this dream when I have this dream? What, co- what comes up for me? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it sorrow? Is it joy? Is it what is going on inside me as a result of this dream? That's how we get to know the unconscious. Dreams can tell us. Daydreams can help us become aware of the unconscious. Um, um, sometimes little slips of tongue can help us become aware of the unconscious. Things that we call Freudian slips. Although Freud would have not said they were necessarily having anything to do with anything except probably sex. Um, but uh, these are some of the ways. We can also look at the cultural um, movements of a whole collective and kind of see how the unconscious is operating there. We can look at our own behaviors and see some of the ways that we're not really being true to who, what we feel inside with our behaviors. That tells us where the unconscious gap is. We can start dialoguing with our own emotions. That will get us down to some unconscious energy so, so that we can begin to see, oh, well, what's under there is this. Okay. That's how we get in touch with the unconscious. We don't go into the unconscious saying to it, affirming to it that it should be thinking positive and that it should not have any negative thoughts. We don't clean out the unconscious, in other words. We don't purify ourselves because guess what? There's nothing negative in us to purify. Now, I know that probably lots of us are having a real hard time wrapping our heads around that idea 
we're not sinners. We're just not. We are divine beings. And we are having this experience with duality because we have got to fully see form as a part of formlessness before we can really experience the union of form and formlessness. And that process is an ongoing creative endeavor where we're trying out all the different options. Green? No. Purple? No. Blue? No, I think I'll paint grass here and a tree. No, I think I'll think I'll move over to the house over here. That's what we're doing. We are in a creative process. The creation did not end after the seven days were complete. We are still in it. We are still creating. We are still learning how we can put form and formlessness together. The only way to do that is to fully explore form as its possible alternative, which is form and formlessness are separate. So here we are. We're in this duality trance state. That's why it's hard for us to get to what we call the unconscious, because we've made things unconscious because of the duality trance state. If there was no duality trance state, there would be no need for unconsciousness. That's why in Revelations it says the sea has gone away. There is no more sea. Well, what does the sea represent? But unconsciousness. It is all that stuff that's swimming around in there that we don't ever see. But it's glorious. Some of it is glorious. Some of it is beautiful coral and wonderful fish and amazing sponges and just amazing world down there under the sea. But we think that the shadow is just filled with our darkness. And so we want to go in there and snatch that darkness out. But maybe we need to take off our shoes. Maybe we're talking about sacred ground. Maybe we, like Moses, need to take off our shoes before we have a dialogue with the I am that I am. And when we can do that, then we can get real answers. Then we can allow the unconscious to talk to us instead of thinking we're going to go in there and have a talk with it. And then, boy, we're going to correct it. It's going to be, you know, standing on its ear when we get through with our lecture. Okay? That's what we've deluded ourselves into thinking. The shadow is filled with whatever we found to be unacceptable. And one of the primary things we found to be unacceptable was our own souls. We found ourselves, our souls to be unacceptable because they told us that we were one with the divine. And so when we, when we think about the law of attraction in relationship to soul, we have to revise the law of attraction. The law of attraction is not about attracting from the external world things we think we want, which if we explored the unconscious, we may find out we don't really want those things anyway. Uh, if we explored our souls, we might find out those things really don't matter to us at all. We might find out they still matter, but we might not. So we haven't even gone there. We haven't said with the law of attraction, find out who you are first and then go looking for what you want. We've got it backwards. We've just said, well, what do you want? You can have it. All you have to do is think positive and, and don't have negative thoughts and negative emotions. And, you, you know, you can have what you want. But it doesn't work. The reason it doesn't work is because the soul was never meant to work that way. The soul is an energy that cannot be controlled with our puny little understanding of ourselves as separate from the divine. The separate is divine. It has a whole other language than the one we speak. Because we speak dualistic ease. And it doesn't. It speaks one ease. We're going to talk some more about how the soul can change the law of attraction right after this message. Stay tuned.
the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back for our final segment of the Authentic Living Show today. We're talking about the law of attraction, the soul's answer to why it isn't working and how it can. And what we've already discovered is that we need to invite the soul back into the process of the law of attraction. It's been left out. The soul has not been invited into the process of the law of attraction, and that's why it's not working. But we can invite the soul into the process, and uh, the way we do that is to recognize some really important features of what the soul is about. The soul is in charge of our lives. It's in charge of everything that goes on in our lives. Now, how does this work? Well, we say, well, you know, some part of us, the ego, that bad old ego, which now, according to New Age New Thought, is almost equivalent to the devil of the old fundamentalist thinking or traditional thinking even, that just says that the devil is, you know, in there and he's going to tempt you and he's going to thwart you and he's going to sabotage you and he's going to, you know, drag away those things that you like and he's going to punish you and he's all kinds of things that old guy can do. Uh, and the ego now has not, has taken the place of the, of the, of the devil. But actually, the ego is just a liaison between the internal and the external world. It has no more value than that. We need it because if we are flooded by external, then we lose ourselves. If we're flooded by internal, then we get psychotic. We need a strong ego. And we don't need to be disparaging it by saying it should go away. And that's what a lot of people are saying. We don't need an ego. We just need to have, you know, uh, just be the higher self. And again, what that does is split us off. Now we got a good self and a bad self. We got the higher self and the bad old ego. And that's just more dualistic thinking. So that's what the law of, of, of attraction, as we came to understand it originally, has perpetuated. 
And so now we have people saying we need to get into the shadow and find out what's going on in there because if we can do that, then we can finally have what we want. So there's a bargain. If I can find out what's blocking me, then I can finally have what I want. And that's what the whole law of attraction is. We've come to understand it It was as it was originally put out to us has has come to be. It's a bargain. If I can think positive thoughts and feel positive things and work my vision boards and make sure that I don't have any negative saboteurs in my shadow, then I can finally have what I want. Right. The universe really needs our bargains because it's kind of inept and doesn't know what it's doing. No. The soul is in charge. The soul and the universe are one divine energy. We are all one soul and we are all various aspects of that one soul. We don't lose our individual character just because we are a soul that is united with every other soul and united in this big, huge glob of soulness. <laughs> and we are not. Uh, we don't lose ourselves. We gain ourselves. In fact, we become divine self when we recognize who we actually are. So th- if the soul is really in charge, then what's going on here? Well, the soul is using all of those things that duality does to bring us closer and closer to awareness of who we are as divine beings. So we make a mistake on this plane. And the soul uses that energy of the mistake to help us to become aware, further aware of who we are as divine beings. And it happens in minuscule little ways every second of every day. Whether we know it or not, we are being a little bit, uh, uh, becoming more and more aware of our, who we are as divine beings. Now, now, do we have the capacity to shut out that awareness? Yes, we do. And that's what we've done for centuries. And we still have that capacity to do that. But even that, even that process becomes an energy that the soul can use to help us to become aware of who we are as divine beings. So the whole process all through incarnation after incarnation after incarnation has this one goal in mind. We are becoming aware of who we are as divine beings. And that's what's going on here, period, end of subject. When we get there, when we all as a collective finally realize who we are as divine beings, form and formulessness will be united, and then we will move on to the next stage of creativity. We'll have a whole other thing. Will we be involved in that, or will other uh, parts of aspects of divineness be in that? I don't know. But but when we get there, what will form look like? I don't know. But the object of the game was to create form that knows it's divine. Right now, form and formlessness are still considered to be very separate. Formlessness can be good. Form, well, we don't know about that. Body, body is bad. Ego's bad. So higher self is good. That's how we think. That's how we keep splitting ourselves off. And we don't even know that we're perpetuating the duality trans state when we do that. So here's what the real law of attraction is all about. Here's the, if you want to write this down, here it is. The real law of attraction is this. We are attracted to and by all of those things, people, places, events, and circumstances that are going to help us become more and more aware, incarnation after incarnation, of who we are as divine beings. That is the real law of attraction. So we are attracted to and by those events. Let's just use an event that will help us become more aware of who we are as divine beings. So I get hit by a bus. (laughs) That's a pretty awful thing, right? But suppose I survive it and, you know, I have to go through a lot of rehab and, 
you know, all that stuff is going on. I could look at that. Oh, my gosh, what did I think negative to attract that horrible negative thing? What did I do? No, really? This is an event that I have attracted into my life, and it has been attracted to me. They're both working in oneness to orchestrate my full awareness of who I am as a divine being. Some people say we chose those things, those terrible events that happened and those good events that happened in our lives before we ever got there here. And we picked them out because we knew that they were going to create that awareness in body. So the soul already knew it. The body needs to become aware of it. So what happens is form is becoming more aware of itself as divine energy. Formlessness already knows it. Form needs to become aware of it. Form is taking the journey through duality and needs to come to know itself as divine. Once form knows itself as divine, what will that look like? I don't know. I can't tell you. But I suspect it will be something that can pick its own body. I think I suspect it will be something that can uh, transform between form and formlessness anytime it chooses. I don't know, though. You know, I'm not going to claim I do. But I will say to you that that's the journey we're on. And the soul is in charge. We're, we are not, you know, able to kind of go, okay, this is how I'm going to orchestrate my life based on the duality transcend. I'm going to have this, 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 and this. People ask you all the time. I talked to somebody the other day who said, well, where do you want to be in five years? Well, that's all good to say, but who knows where I'm going to be in five years? I might be on the other side in five years. I don't know where I'm going to be in five years. Do you know where you're going to be in five years? No, you don't. But when we think in those those very westernized terms of having these goals, I've got ten goals, and I'm going to have that. I'm going to accomplish that by the year 2015. That's what I'm going to be in the year 2015. And if I don't have those goals written down and plastered to my refrigerator or my forehead, then I'm not going to accomplish those things. And that's the same exact thinking that we we moved into when we got to the law of attraction. That idea that we've got this westernized view that we're going to make things happen, but the soul's in charge. So we are attracted to and by all those things, places, people, and events that are going to bring us to more and more awareness of who we are as divine beings. That's what the law of attraction is about. You can get the book anywhere on any online or brick-and-mortar site. Hope you get it today, and I hope it helps you figure out the law of attraction for you. Next week, we're going to be talking about destiny and whole chart astrology. What does it mean? What does destiny mean? And what is astrology for, after all? Stay tuned for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.